We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Hello, Bears fans. Welcome into another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Zach Pearson, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, it's been a while since we've done an episode together. How you doing, my man? Oh, man. It's, uh... It's been crazy, uh, as as some of you guys probably know, because I'm, you know, posted on Twitter. I was in the middle of all the earthquake stuff, so uh, that was really, 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 really fun. Um, so yeah, other than that, man, I mean, it's just like, it, like we were talking about it before. It's like we're we're right around two two weeks, probably by the time most people listen to this, we'll be right about two weeks until the Bears break for training camp and actually start practicing. I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, football season is damn near almost here because i count training camp to start a football season so it's it's crazy how fast this year's gone by it's crazy how wild this year has been for me but hey man we're almost a football season and that'll probably be like the only same moment i have this year yeah you and i were dming uh i think after the first earthquake and then i think it was was it friday night there was another like big earthquake because i i was watching tv i was watching like summer league basketball or whatever because yeah i i have an interest in the bulls finally for the first time and forever it feels like but um yeah then like i saw like the what was it 7.1 and then i was talking to you about it you were telling me all the stuff about how like is how crazy it is and the news stations and everyone there i i can't even imagine going through any of those yeah well it was yeah the first one the 6.4 hit i think it was thursday thursday morning i was in the i was in the drive through at jack of the box and this thing hit and it was yeah it was I, I didn't know what the hell to do and it felt like it lasted forever it lasted about 10 seconds and then uh a day later than the 7.1 hit, I was actually coming back from out of town and I was driving. So 
it wasn't nearly as bad for me just because I was on the road. It felt like a giant gust of wind happened for probably five, 10 seconds trying to take me off the road. And then my mom called and a bunch of other people called freaking out. But yeah, it's been crazy, man. I mean, there's, there's new stations from all over the country here right now. I've had new stations parked out in front of my house because my neighbors decided it would be a really good idea to park a tent in front of their house, sleep in it for one night, leave it up for four just so they could get all the media coverage. So yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, man. We've had choppers flying in the backyard. We've had all sorts of, all sorts of wild stuff. It's finally starting to become a little bit more normal again, but there's, there's a lot of, a lot of places that are, uh, I guess still out of business right now and they're trying to figure things out. So it's, it's going to be a little bit, but I'm just glad that we're not getting, you know, we had, it was well over 2000 aftershocks. And I mean, most of them you could feel, I mean, they were anywhere from three to 4.5, uh, you know, Richter scale earthquakes. So it's, it's been very interesting to say the least. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Obviously we don't, we don't get those around here. Um, in the Chicagoland area, we do get small. Like I remember we've had a couple small earthquakes, like, like you can barely feel it. Like I think I've actually slept through like two of them and didn't even notice that they happened. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine anything like a 7.1 or like, I guess, you know, feeling like when you're driving, it's getting really windy and trying to push you off the road. But I, so your, your neighbors actually set up a tent outside to make it seem like they had to sleep in this tent? Yeah, so. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Long story <laughs> short, I moved into a new place. I'm getting the reason why. But I, I moved into a new place, and it's on a busier road. Um, so, yeah, so they, yeah, they parked. They, they, they actually put up a tent in front of their house in their lawn. For everybody to see, they slept in it one night, and then the last two or three nights that they had it up, they, they finally took it down. I think it was last night or today. I, I can't remember when it was. But, yeah, they left it up. And <laughs> we had news teams just parking in front of my house and walking up to them and interviewing them. We had news teams coming from all over the place that would park across the street and walk over. It's like, dude, what is going on? And it's I'm kind of a private person anyway, so I don't particularly care for that kind of stuff. And of course, when they're done with then, then they come to me and it's like, I don't want to be on TV for this stuff. It, it's one of those situations where there's multiple people who have either lost their houses due to fires or they've lost their mobile homes due to all the all the craziness. We have a town next to us that's like 20 minutes away that doesn't have any running water right now. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on and there's a lot of less fortunate people. And it's it's one of those situations. Everybody was scared, including myself. It, it was a it, it sucked. But I also wasn't really a big fan of uh certain people and there's many of them i saw many people on the news that i knew it's a small town we all kind of know each other and 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 just them embellishing stories and stuff like that and doing everything they can to get attention on the news when there's actual people who need help and that you know have damages and stuff like that it's kind of a kind of a disappointment but you know i I think that just kind of goes with anything especially in a small town when you've got every news agency you can possibly think of here and everyone trying to get their uh 30 seconds yeah 15, 30 seconds of fame. Uh, yeah, but uh, as Aaron mentioned before, we are just a couple of weeks now away from training camp. We'll talk a little bit about that and some of the Bears' plans that were released today. And then we're going to kick off our training camp preview um, over these next couple of weeks. We're going to start today. We're going to actually have a guest on um, a Minnesota Vikings podcast on Overtime Media Network uh, to kind of give us a little preview of the Vikings, their disappointing season last year, and then kind of what to expect and the, the general vibe um, – you know, going to the training camp for the Vikings, I thought it was a pretty good and, um, you know, insightful interview to kind of give us a, a, a look at, at how another team in our division is going right now. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a little bit about the Bears' plans. Let's get to our first break of the show. We'll be right back. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. 
Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Welcome back into the Bearport Podcast. Um, yeah, as mentioned before, Aaron, uh, we're just a few weeks away from training camp. It, it just kind of feels like, you know, yesterday we were saying, well, we're going to have to kill a lot of time now, and, and it's going to be a while before training camp in the summer. But here we are, I think just under two weeks, or just over two weeks until the Bears officially report um, to Bourbon A for training camp. Their first practice um, will be a closed one on that Friday at the end of the month, but I'm just glad that we're actually to this point now and, and, and we can uh, have some actual like football discussion going on. Yeah, it's weird. Like, like we were talking about earlier, it's just one of those things. Like I've, I've had a lot of hectic stuff going on. I know you've been busy as well. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's been a, I thought the off season was gonna be a lot longer. Maybe it would have been if, you know, if everything else wasn't going on, but I mean, we're, we're a little over two weeks away from training camp starting and people getting ready to go to practice and, and watch practice, and then shortly after that, then preseason's going to start, and you'll start getting all the roster stuff, and everybody overanalyze, including myself, or overanalyze preseason. So, I mean, we're we're right there. I mean, it's it's good because I think after, especially after how things ended for the Bears, you know, during the season, I, I definitely think it's I think it's a good thing that we get to kind of see them back in action, at least preseason. You know, preseasons at least like the the first game get a little amped for the second games, like all right, then third game assuming that they follow the schedule that they normally do outside of last year, you know, where the starters at least get a half, half a game in and, and things kind of get interesting. And then obviously the last, the, the final preseason games is kind of there, but then you got roster moves and all the other fun stuff. And I mean, this is at least in my mind, uh, this is probably the, the best, best roster, uh, barring injuries, you know, best roster the bears have had in a long, long time. And, I think it's going to be very interesting to see not only how things shake out uh, with or without injuries and who wins roster spots, but, you know, just the, the practice squad. I mean, they're going to have a practice squad of guys that probably would have been, you know, on the caliber of some guys that would have been starting games for them a few years ago. I mean, that's just really how far this team has come. They're right in the middle of their window. I mean, really, their window kind of started last year, but they're right in the middle of their window to where – this is where Bears fans should be expecting a Super Bowl caliber team. And it all starts in a few weeks. I mean, there's not much more to be excited than something like that. Yeah, I'm kind of glad you brought up in, you know, the, uh, the, the roster, because I agree with that. I think this is one of the better rosters that we've seen in probably, what, nine years now or, or since that uh, team that went to the NFC Championship game that, you know, the 2011 team, um, that was a pretty damn good roster top to bottom. Uh, but yeah, this year, I mean, I also feel like it's going to be very exciting. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, you know, when you think in your mind, think of the most exciting training camps. You know, every training camp is exciting for the Bears because obviously it's, an, it's a new season. And, and despite, you know, the last couple of years where they haven't been good and you kind of got some optimism, okay, maybe they'll actually be good and they end up not being good um, aside from last season. There's still that excitement. But this season, it's like, the last time I felt this excitement um, for a training camp, I remember going after the Super Bowl team in 2006 when it was 2007 training camp. It was just a lot of excitement, a lot of build up there, and, and they held a night practice, and it was just crazy packed, um, completely sold out. Um, 
just you know just fans everywhere and then I want to say it was Cutler's first year was a big was an exciting one because it's like hey we have a quarterback out here who can sling the football and you know he was he was making throws that we really have never seen from Bears quarterbacks in the past and then I go back to that one you know um, Cutler's second year third year going into his third year um, after they reached the NFC Championship game um, for a level of excitement I just think this this could top two of those three I don't know it'll be hard to top the Super Bowl one but. This I mean, just just a general feeling like okay the Bears have a legit shot they're a legit contender um you know that we know what the defense is going to be and how dominant they were it's gonna be fun seeing them flying around and a lot of people forget this will be Khalil Mack's first training camp with the Bears so fans will be able to see him out in Bourbon A in training camp for the first time because last season he missed all of it same with Roquan Smith so you're expecting your full defense there and then if that offense is actually good and does take that next step this year. I think it could make for some very interesting eleven on elevens or seven on sevens between the offense and defense. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it's. I mean, again, I mean, it's just it's one of those situations. Everybody's going to have different expectations. Yes, the schedule's harder, you know, so on and so forth. But I mean, this to me, at least, I'm expecting a Super Bowl run for the Bears. I mean, it, and if not a Super Bowl run, at least getting the NFC Championship game. I mean, there's got to be some sort of progress, even if it's maybe not the regular season record. I mean, they've got to win a playoff game or two this year. And, and I mean, they have the roster to do it. Like you said, Cleo Mack's going to be there. He'll be a full go. Same thing with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson wasn't this time last year. I mean, they've, they've got there, – there should be a good amount of excitement. I mean, this is just a team that – Coming off a 12 and four record, uh, should, you know, should have won a playoff game. Obviously, didn't. But this is—it's just, man, I, I don't even really know what to say. I mean, I think we've all kind of been waiting. I don't—I don't think they had a flashy offseason by any means. Um, and I think maybe some people will disagree and say maybe they had a disappointing offseason, which I don't agree with. But I, I think it's just kind of one of those things. Like maybe some people had higher expectations for the offseason, but there's always been the anticipation from the time that 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 kick hit the upright and then hit the crossbar to the two, you know, two weeks from now, really, you know, there's, there's been that anticipation of, you know, we, we, we all want to see the bears back on the field. We all want to see what they're capable of. We all want to see, can they, can they repeat success from year to year? I mean, that's been an issue for the bears for a while. I mean, really outside of the Packers and even the Packers that's a blade. I mean, it's been an issue for the entire NFC North and, and we're talking about it beforehand. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Parity is such a big thing in the NFL. And teams go worse to first every year for what, what were you saying? Like six years in a row now? Eight years? Um, I believe it's eight eight to nine, something, something okay. that, or maybe like seven out of eight. It's a crazy number. So, I mean, either way, it's one of those, it, it's one thing to go from first, for, you know, from worst to first. Uh, I think it's another thing for the Bears to be able to sustain the success that they had last year and be able to build off that. I mean, and we're thinking along the same lines of, you know, the Rams or even the Saints a few years back where they're they're able to to build on what they have. And I think that's really what the Bears need to do. They need to take the next step. They have Trubisky on a rookie contract for two more years. He's got to take a big step if this team wants to. But, I mean, it, it's it's kind of one of those things, and we'll get into it with our with our guests here in a little bit. You know, cap space is going to start getting tighter for the Bears. Uh, you know, a lot of teams in the NFC North, but especially for the Bears. And it's, it's one of those situations where – on paper, at least, this may be the best and most deep roster that the Bears are going to have throughout this entire run that they're going to that that they're going to have. So it's just a situation where the Bears have got to be be able to take full advantage. They've got to be able to build off of what they had last season. And like I said, as long as Trubisky takes a step forward and they don't have any catastrophic injuries, and I don't mean you know one or two players going out. I mean you know the 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 
what, 12, 15, 20 guys on IR like we were used to up until last year. I mean, as long as that doesn't happen, I don't see why the Bears can't be a better team, uh, even if the record may not be the same or maybe right right about the same. I don't I don't see why they can't make a big playoff run this year. And obviously it all starts here in a few weeks when we finally get to see them in training camp. We finally get to see them in preseason again and see how they uh, how they come back from from everything. And thank God we'll finally be able to put the kicker discussion to uh, to rest, or at least I hope. Um, that's, <laughs> I'm kind of glad you brought that up because that is going to be very interesting to see in, uh, trading camp. Obviously the fans have been able to see, you know, been able to see what has gone on during OTAs and, and veteran minicamp with the kicker situation. But I mean, if these kickers are going on the same path as they have been and they're, and they're doinking kicks or missing kicks, it's going to be a pretty ruthless, um, fan base out there in Bribernay and they will hear the booze and maybe, you know, Maybe that's part of Matt Nagy's kind of game plan for, I mean, not obviously having a miss, but maybe it's kind of part of the pressure um, situation out there. And it's going to be very interesting to see. And, I mean, you know, on the other side that you talked about with Trubisky, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if he does take those next steps early on in um, in training camp. Because if he comes out and looks really well, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bright for the, for the Bears. And if the offense can take that next step, they are a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, you know, before training camp opens up, though, you know, um, we get to hear from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. It's, it's one of the only times we get to hear from Ryan Pace all season long. You get you get before the preseason, or you get yeah before training camp. Um, you get the end of the season, and you get at the draft. Um, you get at the draft a couple times, and then oh, at uh, the NFL scouting combine before free agency. So this is our chance, you know, first chance to hear Ryan Pace in a while, a couple months talk you know, about this team, but the Bears are doing something different this year. Usually he talks the day the Bears report to camp. We get them for like 45 minutes to an hour, um, him and Matt Nagy. This year they're doing it on July 21st, a Sunday, um, the Sunday before they uh, host their first practice on the 26th, which is a Friday. That practice is closed. But the big thing that they're doing different here, not only is it five days early, they're doing it in Decatur. So they announced today the Bears a return to Decatur event on July 21st. It's a Sunday indicator. It starts at 11 a.m. There's outdoor activities. Um, Staley, the Bears going to be there. The drum line will be there. All that stuff. Uh, three to four, Hall of Fame writer Don Pearson, George McCaskey will be there. Um, Lance Briggs will join them for a panel. And then um, four to 4.30 – the Bears are going to host a press conference with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. It's open to the media only. And that's interesting because I'll be there. I obviously have to go because it's the first press conference we get to hear from Pace. But the thing that kind of popped in my head right away is, you know, they're doing this press conference. We usually hear about injuries and medicals. We're probably not going to hear much about those medicals because they're not going to – I can't imagine they're going to be in before – they meet the media. They usually take place when the players report to training camp. And each year, if you remember, you know, there's been injuries, significant injuries, whether it's Kyle Long, um, Pernell McPhee. Um, who was it last year that missed some time with an injury that popped up um, at training camp? I had it in my head the other day, and I can't Trevathan, think. I thought. Yeah, Trevathan. Um, and someone else, didn't someone else have a hamstring? Oh, uh, Aaron Lynch has a hamstring issue. Aaron so Lynch like, hamstring. Deion Sims had a concussion. Yep. That he- yeah, there was there was a few I'm trying to think who else. What oh Leonard Floyd had a broken Leonard, hand. Yeah. Leonard Floyd there's you know, there's there's things that pop up with these medicals and 
you look, I don't know if we're going to get much information, which is, you know, that leaves us to, we're not going to get much until we actually get to speak to the players and the players don't speak until they actually practice. So for guys like, you know, there's going to be people that want updates on Trey Burton, obviously. Um, Anthony Miller is another guy, wide receiver, that, you know, we'll need an injury update on. And then Emmanuel Hall, a guy who's trying to make this roster. We don't know what his status is going to be throughout training camp. So it's just kind of odd. Maybe they will shock. I can't, I can't imagine though they'll do the medicals that far in advance because the players, I mean, where are the players going to go to do the medicals? They're not going to Decatur. No, and I wouldn't assume because they don't even report. Their report date is after that anyway, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it's 25th. The rookies are there the 22nd. Yeah. Um, I, the players are there the 25th uh, Thursday, which is when they'd usually host the press conference. And then the 26th is the first practice, even though it's closed. Yeah, so well, well played, Bears. That, that's really what that is. That's a that's a uh, Bears special right there. I'm sure they designed that very well, uh, very very nicely for all of the, all the media, all the fans, and all that stuff, to where they don't have to dis- disclose anything they don't want to. So it's that, that just was, yeah. it's it's odd. It's just it's like you know I I don't know. I, I mean we're still gonna ask, but I just imagine we're gonna get the same question. Uh, although I can't complain too much because we, we do get access to pace and Nagy, which is very important but yeah i'll be spending my sunday july 21st uh indicator and the other thing i was thinking i don't how many diehard fans from because it's it's a good three and a half four hour drive i can't imagine many will make that drive down to decatur I, if i lived there i wouldn't there's no way in hell i mean what, what, do, what do you really get out of it <laughs> not not much at all and I, i've driven through decatur once but i know there's a there's a um george hallis no there's a staley museum it's kind of all about George House, but other than that, there's like a sign that says, you know, former home of the Bears. There's really, I don't know, not much. I, again, I get why they were found in Decatur the 100 years. It's just, it's so odd to do the press conference down there. All right, I'll stop complaining about it. Let's uh, let's actually get into our interview because um, we'll, we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings, the NFC North. We've got a little preview with the Grapes and Gorak podcast. Um, one of the hosts, Darren Lundell, aka. Gorak joined us, uh, good solid 20-25 minute interview, kind of talk about the Vikings and, um, and and the thoughts on them going into the year. So enjoy that. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. And now joining us on the Bear Report podcast is Vikings reporter Darren Lindell. He is the host of Grapes and Gorak, a Minnesota Vikings podcast as part of the Overtime Media Network. They do some great stuff over there. And Aaron and I want to bring them in to kind of give you guys an insight on the Minnesota Vikings as we're just a few weeks away um, from the start of training camp. Darren, thank you for joining us, man. How's it going? Going good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem. No problem. Yeah, we're 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 doing this thing where we're bringing on a uh, a podcaster from you know all three different uh, NFC North teams. So I think it'd be good to kind of get some uh, insight on the Vikings from someone that you know you're a fan, you're a podcaster. Um, and I, you know, I got to start by asking what are your general thoughts of everything that happened last season with the Minnesota Vikings going in, they were, you know, considered one of the favorites to win the NFC North. I think everyone had them and, and, uh, the Green Bay Packers. And then it's kind of the year went on, you know, to me, the Vikings were, I'd say disappointing to say the least. I don't know if you kind of share those thoughts or not. Yeah. Disappointing. Definitely going in as like, I remember saying like, Hey, we get 13 and three. And we added Kirk Cousins, who I didn't think he's, you know, some people thought he's like a top five quarterback. I'm more middle of the pack, but better than Keenum. We had Sheldon Richardson. It's like, we should, we should make the playoffs. We should make a deep run. And to go eight, seven, and one, 
definitely a disappointment. And like you said, as the year went on, we just kind of just never really took off. So yeah, absolute uh, 8701 was not what I expected and a, definitely a disappointment. Well, it's, I, I think it's kind of interesting because I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I've obviously, I've, I've covered the Bears a while. I've watched the NFC North a long time and I went into last year assuming that the Vikings were going to run away with the division. I figured the Bears and the Packers would kind of fight for second place and whoever won that would get the wild card. And and it was kind of weird because it was like as the season progressed, it just seemed like things just continued to change for the Vikings. And it, it was it was very unexpected because, I mean, I, I did I did a roster assessment uh, for the entire NFC North. And it was like the, the one thing that was blowing my mind, it was like it seemed like every single time that I would do a different position, the Vikings were always at the top of that list. And I've always been a bigger Kirk Cousins guy than most, I guess. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I thought he was going to bring them to another level. And then obviously things just kind of happened the way that they did. But I'm kind of curious to get your perspective because when I watched, especially towards the beginning of the year, you know, when when, when things happen, Tony Sperano passes away, then Everson Griffin uh, had his issues. I mean, do you think any of that was a factor at all? Because it seemed like they were kind of fighting the, fighting the curve, I guess you could say, uh, really before the season even really got going. Yeah, I think I think the Sperano thing was big. Not only was he, I think, a big presence in the you know in the offensive locker room, especially with John D. Filippo coming in, kind of a young coach. I, once his you know he passed, it was like it's all on John D. Filippo, and it it just never gelled on offense. I don't know. I mean, I personally don't think he ever really fit his offense to Kirk Cousins, and obviously they're trying to change that going forward. You know, you had the Everson Griffin thing, like you mentioned, but even you know we lost Nick Easton early. The replacements and the interior line were just, they just were terrible. Uh, it really, you know, when you look back at last season, it, I just always think, you know, the, the two main things was that the offense just never gelled and that, and that offensive line, it was just the Achilles heel all season. And it's, you know, they just kind of tried to patch it together and it didn't work at all. Yeah, you know, going back to last season and looking at the Vikings, and, and obviously they came to Soldier Field for a night game, and, and the Bears beat them. Um, and at the end of the season, sorry to bring up bad memories, but essentially the Bears kept them out of the playoffs. Um, oh, a, lot yeah. of, a, a lot of people said, you know, they said the Bears should actually rest their starters, maybe lose that game, and, and then take their chance with the Vikings. I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I think when you can put your foot on someone's throat and, and kind of keep a division rival out of the playoffs, because I don't like I don't like the idea of playing a team. Um, Three times in one season, I don't think it works out. And obviously, it didn't work out for the Bears with the Eagles, um, the the route it went. But I look at that Vikings team. I think you kind of hit it right there. You know, the struggles of Kirk Cousins are one thing. And I think those get magnified because, you know, he signed that big deal. But, man, when I look at that offense, you know, there's playmakers on that offense. That offensive line is just, like, god-awful. And I think a lot of Kirk Cousins' struggles um, stemmed from that offensive line being really bad is there a quick fix to this? Cause you look at free agency and they really, you know, the Vikings free agency moves were, you know, extending Kyle Rudolph, extending Adam Thielen. Um, they kind of brought in, you know, secured their own talent in house. They really didn't go out and make a huge splash at multiple spots, but what, what, what are you expecting from this offensive line so far in this off season? Yeah. You know, they brought in Josh Klein who kind of, a you know, mid tier, I don't even know if he's that free agent. Um, hopefully can, you know, lock in a starting guard spot because last year with Tom Compton and Mike Remmers moving inside it it was a disaster and then 
bringing in Bradbury in the first round. So they finally used a pick to actually, you know, shore up that O-line, hopefully. Moves Elf line over. Riley Reef last year, I mean, at his best, he's probably pretty mediocre. And last year was not a great year for him. He battled injuries. Uh, so I don't think it's a quick fix. I think it's still definitely the weakest part of the team. Because like you said, you look at the rest of this roster and it's, you know, you got the two receivers. You add another tight end of the draft to go with Rudolph, who we, like you said, extended. You got the quarterback. If the running back could stay healthy, Delvin Cook, you got another playmaker there. So it it really, it comes back to the offensive line. And then also, you know, protecting, you know, like Cousins is, he's a good quarterback, but I don't think, you know, DeFilippo was dropping him back 40 sometimes a game. I know you mentioned the the Bears week 11 game. I think he threw 46 times and they ran the ball like 13 times. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And I don't think you need to put the whole offense on him like that. So hopefully with the bringing in the Kubiak, you know, it's Kevin Stefanski is the OC, but Gary Kubiak is kind of going to be putting in some, some stuff that Kirk Cousins is used to from his time with Mike Shanahan. So hopefully with that outside zone, some more bootlegs, keeping him under center that can help the offensive line, help him. And cause it's, it's not going to be a quick fix. I mean, we did add the first round pick and Josh Klein, but it's still Riley reef, Pat Alfline, who I've, I've never been a huge fan of. He battled injuries last year. And then Brian O'Neill, he was kind of a surprise at right tackle. He drafted in the second round and thought more of a project type player, but he, uh, he actually came in and played decently well. I mean, in comparison to the other four who uh, are just, you know, not quite very good. Well, I'm kind of curious to get your perspective, especially speaking on the offensive line. I mean, you're, you're looking at a team with the Vikings where I think if they had a better offensive line last year, I think things would have been a lot better for them. And I think one of the big keys this year for them, uh, along with the Bears as well, is going to be the fact that they need to be able to run the ball. And I think, you know, obviously Dalvin Cook's had his, his injury issues. You guys drafted, I'm trying to think, what is it? It's Alexander Madison, Boise State. Was it fifth or sixth round? I can't. Oh, he's a third. End of the third, I believe. Third, that's right. Okay. He kind of a lot of very unexpected. I mean, I didn't think he'd go that high, but you know. Yeah, we'll he see. he was he was one of those guys that it's like every single time I did a lot of work on the uh, a lot of work on the running backs this year. And that was he was one of those guys that was like I'd watch him and it was like I kind of liked him and I kind of I, I but you just don't know don't really know where to kind of place a guy like that because he's not. You know he's not anything flashy, but he's also a good, powerful runner and all that stuff. But I'm just kind of get kind of curious to get your perspective here on what are you expecting from the running game this year? Because I think that's going to be a big factor in taking some of the pressure off Kirk Cousins. I mean, you kind of already touched on it a little bit, taking maybe some of the pressure off the offensive line a little bit and, and allowing these guys to gel. I mean, what's your expectations for obviously Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray's gone now, and Madison stepping in? I mean, what what are you expecting? Yeah, you know, with Delvin Cook, if he could just stay healthy, I think the man is, you know, he's loaded with talent if he could just, you know, stay on the field. So if he, you know, if he stays healthy, I think it'd be, I'd like the offense to run through him more than putting the whole load on Kirk Cousins. And then Latavius Murray, he uh, left for the Saints. He was, I think, super underrated, He, you know, super consistent. He, again, kind of like Madison, actually just not flashy, but always got the job done, good hands. So hopefully Madison can fill that role and be a bit of a one-two punch with uh with cook in the backfield because it's i you know it's, ba- it's not even balance it's just keeping the defense from you know knowing what you're going to do we're super predictable last year with you know a lot of the shotgun draws a lot of the you know we just we just were dropping back every play and moving to that outside zone that the the shanahan system did i think that should help kirk cousins and it should help dalvin cook i think you might hopefully see the offense run through the uh, running game this year 
Um, going back to the draft, you know, as, as the Bears didn't have a first or second round pick, so we kind of got, you know, a little more insight on and got to watch, you know, the Packers, the Lions, and, and the Vikings do their work in the first and second rounds. Would you think overall the Vikings uh, draft 2019, you know, the first round pick they took Bradbury, they had um, Irv Smith Jr. in the second round. Um, and aside from those, what was your, kind of your overall thoughts on how the Vikings did do in that draft back in April? Yeah, I thought they I thought they did very well. I love the Bradbury pick. I know offensive line's not flashy, but you know the whole fan base here was begging for a lineman because it's been far too long since we've addressed it. It's kind of been Rick Spielman's Achilles heel. There's just not getting resources in that offensive line. So, and then Irv Smith, I wanted another playmaker, another you know Rudolph. He's fine. He's solid, but he's he's a possession guy. He's you know he's big, tall, red zone target. So Irv Smith hopefully adds something a little more dynamic to that tight end group. And we should see, I think with this system, a little more two tight end sets, moving moving Irv Smith around and maybe having him in the backfield a little bit, putting him out wide. Uh, Alexander Madison, like I said, that one kind of caught me, you know, by surprise. Uh, didn't know if he'd, you know, go that high. Actually, I was a huge Montgomery fan who, you know, the Bears took. Um, after that, Drew Samia, they got uh, guard Oklahoma. I, I mean, if everything went well, I'd love to see him, try to crack a starting job in training camp, but he's probably a year or so down the road. And then uh, some later round guys like Armin Watts, they got a three tech. I think he's got a chance because we didn't really replace Sheldon Richardson. And then uh, they took two late round receivers, which the third receiver job is another one where it's kind of Laquan Treadwell's his, I just don't think he's ever going to be anything. So someone hopefully can fill that third wide receiver. They took Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon and, Ola B.C. Johnson, I think he was Colorado State. So a lot of picks. I think they had 11 or 12. Rick Spielman, just, he loves to trade back and just keep accumulating picks, even though it angers uh, Vikings Twitter so much when they sit and watch watch him trade back and, you know, players they've been uh, reading about get off the board. Well, speaking of Rick Spielman, uh, th- this is something that's kind of been interesting to me all offseason is kind of sitting back from, you know, not – not as uh, involved, I guess you could say, from a perspective like that. The one thing that I thought going into the offseason was that the Vikings were not going to be very active. They're going to have to clear cap space. You know, there was a lot of talk about possibly trading either uh, Trey Waynes or maybe even Xavier Rhodes, even Kyle Rudolph. Uh, the, that whole situation was kind of weird to me how they went from thinking about trading him after they drafted Irv Smith to extending him. I know it kind of lessened the cap hit a little bit, but I'm kind of curious. I. I, I, I watched what they did this offseason, and I have to admit I'm a little amazed that they were able to do as much as they did and kind of maneuver cap space around. But, I mean, how – moving into 20 – I'd say 2020, 2021, stuff like that, I mean, especially with Kirk Cousins still being guaranteed for, you know, the next two years, how are they going to continue to get by maneuvering the way that they do? Because I know, obviously, cap space is a little bit of a myth. It's very easy to move around. You can always do different things like the Bears have done this year, like the Vikings have done. But at some point in time, I mean, it's it's got to catch up to the Vikings. And, I mean, it, it kind of feels like it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I was, I was just looking at their cap situation. And, you know, like you said, the extension of Rudolph, they – uh, the Anthony Barr thing was super surprising to me. I thought he was definitely the guy that was – was going to walk. I mean, he agreed to the jets and then backed out and came here for a little less money. So, but looking at the big picture, I think this is kind of the last year that we're going to have this core group that we've kind of had for the last two, three, you know, maybe four years of guys. Cause you know, 
next year looking like, you know, you might maybe Everson Griffin could be gone. You could lose a Riley Reef. You know, he's not the greatest, but it's still someone that we might have to cut. Uh, Limbaugh Joseph, I know his these are all guys that I know we can cut them next year and the and the dead money's not too bad. And we're looking at I think right now we're over the cap next year. So and we're gonna lose guys like, you know, Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander and Anthony Harris. They're all they're all up for uh, free agency next season. So I think this is kind of the last run, which is why I think you saw the Cal Rudolph thing. They, I think they wanted to make one, one run at this with this group and kind of see if they can't break through. And if it doesn't go well, they might retool into the next season. Cause I, they've amazed me too, with the way they can uh, juggle all these contracts. But I think at some point it's going to hit a wall and they're going to have to move on some, from some, uh, some of those veteran, I think on the defensive side, especially those, those aging ones, you know, like you said, maybe trading a Rhodes or, you know, moving on from a player like that. So with you kind of calling this, you know, the last run with, with that core um, that the Vikings do have, they report a training camp July 26th. Um, I, I got to imagine it's pretty, it, it should be, have, you know, an exciting mood there for Vikings fans, even though they did miss the playoffs last season. What's kind of generally your feeling right now going into training camp? Are you excited? Is there a lot of questions that still need to be answered? Um, you, you know, are, are you looking for anything in specific with, with this roster? I mean, around here, it's offensive line. I know we keep talking, but that's all anyone wants to see. They want to make sure that this offensive line can protect Cousins, you know, the $84 million man, that we can run the ball, that we can, you know, actually have an offensive that kind of, you know, even two years ago with Shermer, it was a good offense, even with, you know, having Keenum at the helm. We didn't expect to lose our OC would be such a big deal, and it just just never worked. So, Definitely people looking at that, you know, people are excited. People definitely think this team should make the playoffs. As far as some specific things I'm looking for, you know, in camp, I want to see who's going to win that third wide receiver spot. You know, I don't expect Treadwell to step up. We got this guy, Chad Beebe, kind of a smaller slot receiver that I like. Um, the two, you know, receivers I talked about. And then uh, another spot is the, the inside defensive tackle, the three technique. They let Sheldon Richardson go. So they've got kind of got a, three or four guys that they're looking at Shamar Steffen. We signed him from Seattle, a former, former Viking that we had drafted that was gone for a year. And then Jalen Holmes, a fourth round pick for last year out of Ohio state. And then two years ago, Jalen Holmes or Jalen Jaleel Johnson out of uh, Iowa was a fourth round pick. So those guys. And then uh, another one, Hercules Mata'afa. I don't know if it's funny when you talk to Viking fans, like these guys, like Hercules Mata'afa, everyone's talking about him, but I don't know if it, it kind of buzz gets out to Chicago or anything, but this, he was undrafted last year, real small, but uh, he tore his ACL last camp and didn't play at all. But uh, he's definitely drawn a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. So it'll be fun to see some of those end-of-the-roster guys, what they can do. Well, and I'm kind of curious because you just mentioned Hercules. And I was I, – I, I won't lie. I, he was one of those guys in the draft last year coming out of Washington State where he's like – like you said, he's, he's undersized – yeah, for interior defensive line, and he was kind of just the way that they played him at Washington State was really weird to me. But everything that I've heard coming out, uh, at least from the Viking side, is that they plan on playing him at like a three tech position. Yeah. Is that what their plan is? Yeah. So last off season, they kind of they kind of ex, you know experimented, moved around. He was playing a little linebacker, a little DT, I think a little end as well. And this year, he came in, he put on weight. Uh, and then they're exclusively got him at the three tech spot. So, and that, that spot's wide open for a job and he's been, he flashed in OTAs and he's definitely a fan favorite. You know, a lot of people picking him to be that guy that, that kind of blows up camp and maybe wins a job. So, and like you said, coming out of uh, Washington state, he was, you know, I think he was pack 10 or pack 12 player of the year defensively. And he was great grades from PFF, but super undersized. No one really know where to put him. 
and he went undrafted. And then last year, like I said, he tore his ACL, so we no one really got to see him now. They're definitely throwing him full into that three-tech spot, so it should be interesting to see. You mentioned the offensive line and kind of some of the uh, back of the roster you know, players. Uh, are, there, are there any specific battles you're looking forward to in training camp? Maybe any starting spots open up or even some second team spots? Yeah, you know, it's it, the starters are mostly set. You know, the, we brought back most of our guys besides, the, you know, the, the three tech spot and that third receiver is definitely, I think, the two big ones. I'm interested to see if Drew Samia can push for a job in that interior line at guard because I've never been a big Pat Elfline guy, Josh Klein. I mean, I think they paid him enough where they're it's going to take a lot to take that job, but I wouldn't mind seeing him push for that. Uh, other than that, the backup quarterback, I mean, we've had Kyle Slaughter on our team now for a few years. A lot of fans like him. They signed Sean Mannion, kind of another Trevor Simeon type signing. But, you know, a lot of the starters, you know, you look at cornerback, at linebacker, maybe that maybe that third linebacker. We got Ben Gideon, but, you know, that 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 third linebacker is really not on the field much. So, you know, safety set, you know. You know, uh, you got Diggs, Thielen, the two tight ends. So not a ton of competition on the starting side, but the, you know, the back end of that roster, especially at some of those, you know, the three tech and the wide receivers where I'm watching. So I'm kind of curious to get your, your overall perspective, you know, and, and, and ex- expectations, I guess, for the season. I mean, what coming off of a disappointing season last season, I mean, it, the Vikings always seem to be one of those teams in the North where every once in a while they have that off year and they come back strong and, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen this year. I'm sorry, but I'm still just not buying the Packers. I, I think there's a lot more issues there than, than meet the eye, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that more as the, as the preview podcasts go on. But I'm kind of curious just to get your overall expectations going into the season. Where do you expect them to finish? Uh, you know, what's just – I mean, what, what, are, what are fans expecting? Because I really don't know. Well, I think fans here – Really, it's division title is what they what what they expect. Really, I know the Bears that you know they they handled their business last year. Their defense is ridiculous. If Trubisky takes another leap, that team's going to be tough to beat. But when you look at the Viking roster, I mean, if you're expecting to just make a wild card or you know have a an improvement, that's really not enough. And you're paying all this money to your quarterback. You fans expect to win. So and like you know, if you said the Packers, I think they're a little bit away. There's a lot of change on their defense. So. I'm expecting it to be Bears Vikings again. And I think the you know, one of the biggest issues is we gotta actually beat the Bears because last year with the I mean the first game, we don't win in Soldier Field, it seems like barely ever, and then you got the week seventeen, you guys are not even needing to win and we can't pull off the win. So you know, I'd like to make sure that, you know, Kirk can uh, step up in these bigger games because otherwise fans will be let down again and uh, we're definitely going in even with the eight seven and one with high expectations. I mean it's it's definitely not a Let's hope we just, you know, improve from eight seven and one. People are expecting to take the bears, take the bears down, really. And then my final question for uh, we let you go here. Give us a prediction. Give us a record prediction. Do you think the Vikings win the division? Do you think they make the playoffs? Um, and then if you have, you know, are they eight and eight, nine and seven? Give us your prediction before we close. Yeah, out. you know, I'm I'm gonna be the homer. I got I got the Vikings winning the North. <laughs> That's okay. Of course, That's okay. you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a fan. Uh, I I just can't see him not doing at least 10 and six, you know, I, but I said last year, I, you know, I'm sure I was like 13 and three, 14 and two super bowl. And they go eight, seven and one. So, um, but I'll say, I'll say they'll go, they'll go 11 and five and, uh, it'll be a battle. I think till the end of the season there with the bears and maybe the Packers will hang in for a bit, but I think we'll, uh, other two teams will pull away there towards the end. So 
but it'll be a fun one. I think uh, I think this is probably one of the tougher divisions: Packers, Bears, and uh, Vikings. Lions, you know, they're kind of always just hanging around in fourth, yeah, but they're uh, just three there. good teams. Yeah, they're they're just there. So uh, it should be a good good uh, fight in the NFC North. So I, I do have one uh, just small question here. So let's just say that maybe they don't meet expectations again. Do you think that this is this could be the the last year of this coaching staff in general if they don't meet expectations and make the playoffs? Uh, you know, I think it could be. I would personally be disappointed because I really love Mike Zimmer. Like, we've been through some, like, jokes of coaches, like, you know, Leslie Frazier and Mike Tice. And, I mean, Brad Childers had his run, but, like, I don't think any players liked him. So, Zimmer, I, I don't hear a bad thing about him. All the players seem to like him, even though he's a hard ass. They, they, they're they always praising him and just I, – I really and I really like Rick Spielman, too. I like – I feel like we finally have a professional organization where like years back we had the, you know, the love boat, we had the most arrest. We were, we were kind of always just a mess. And now, you know, we got the new stadium, we got the new uh, training facility. I really think Zimmer runs a good, good uh, uh, organization and, and Rick Spielman too. So if they did disappoint again, I I could see a lot of people kind of calling for their heads. Cause with this talent, why are you, you know, underperforming? But I would be sad to see Zimmer go because, you know, you fire him and you got to go back into the pool of who knows. And I just would be worried that uh, that could backfire and set us back even longer. Thank you again, man, for joining us. Um, that is Darren Lindell of the Grapes and Gorak Show. Where can they um, follow you guys on Twitter? And then um, if you guys do any writing or anything else, you can drop yeah, those links. You could just follow us at uh, Grapes and Gorak on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we don't do any writing now, but we're uh, starting our, just our website, grapesandgorak.com. So you can check us out there. There's, you know, the all the podcasts are listed on there. And then we'll start putting up some articles here soon. Perfect, perfect. Thanks again, man, for joining us. We'll have to do it again. Um, Hopefully before the season, and maybe uh, before the Bears and Vikings meet for the first time. Yeah, that'd be a good one, a little uh, game preview episode to uh, see what uh, we think about the uh, the upcoming game. For sure. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, have a good day, man. Hey, yeah, you too. Thanks, man. And welcome back into the Bearport Podcast. That was our interview with Darren Lindell, Vikings podcaster um, on the Grapes and Gorak Podcast as part of the Overtime Media Network. Some good stuff on the Minnesota Vikings who – Missed out on the playoffs last year. Thanks to the Chicago Bears being them in Week 17. Overall, disappointing season for the Vikings. If a fan's saying it's not disappointing, they're lying to you because that team I felt like had so many, so many expectations going in um, to that season. But it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out in the 2019 um, campaign in the NFC North, which I think will be one of the more competitive divisions um, in the entire NFL. I think the Lions could take a next step. Um, I really, I think the Packers are the wild card in all of this, um, especially with the new head coach and, and the kind of the drama going with Aaron Rodgers. And then you obviously you have uh, the Bears and the Vikings. So that'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, it, well, but I thought the same thing last year too. I thought the, the NFC North was going to be the best division of football and, oh, you know, yada, yada, yada. You just, from a year-to-year standpoint, I guess you never know. I mean, on paper, it looks like it should be. I mean, it should be one of, if not the best division of football in terms of, I mean, they're going to have, they should have, in my mind, they should have three teams over 500 because I, I still think the, the Packers are going to find a way to finish 8-8, eight 9-7. And eight, and and I'm sure as, as things progress here over the next few weeks to a month, I'm sure we'll go over predictions and all that stuff but i mean the vikings are kind of to me the vikings are interesting because you know for as much much talent as they have on the team and as much optimism that their fans may have 
they still have Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And that's kind of a, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Kirk Cousins fan, but it's also a situation where you have to look at it and say, okay, this guy has never won when it mattered. I mean, that's just the, the, the simple fact. He's been in the playoffs one time. He lost in, in the playoffs. I mean, he's he's still in, what is it, single single digits, uh, you know, with wins against uh, wins against teams with winning records. I mean, well, I, and and his, okay. his primetime record is bad, too. Exactly. Well, that's my point. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, it takes more than one player to win, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you know, you want to talk about quarterbacks even within their own division. I mean, Aaron Rodgers willed the Green Bay Packers to – multiple division titles and multiple playoff wins when they really didn't have that good of a team. It finally caught up with them because he started getting injured and their teams got worse. But I mean, they're the same thing with Tom Brady. I mean, not to say the Patriots are bad, but I mean, Tom Brady makes them much better than they are. I mean, a good quarterback changes the entire game. And that's the thing is, you know, Kirk Cousins can put up big numbers all he wants against bad teams or, you know, pad stats, or he can put up big numbers in general. But if, the Vikings aren't winning games, then his entire contract makes no sense. I mean, they had better production from Case Keenum than they did from Kirk Cousins, or at least better, you know, a better record overall and better results. And so I think that's kind of the main thing with me, at least for the Vikings, that I'm really kind of interested is, you know, you're talking about a guy in Kirk Cousins who's been around a while. This is a veteran. This is a guy that was franchise tag, what, he was franchise tag twice, um, on top of getting this new deal. So what he's going into is, I'm just trying to piece this together, eighth year, seventh, eighth year, eighth year. either way. I mean, this is yeah. a guy who he's, he has a track record for a reason. And people could say that it, 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 it takes more than one person. And to a certain extent, I agree. But at the same time, when you give him the first guaranteed contract in NFL history, and this guy comes out and he leads you to a substantially worse record than you had the year before with a much worse quarterback, I, I think that's really my big reservation with the Vikings right now. I don't think they really got overly – I don't think they got too much better. I think that in a lot of ways they're kind of like the Bears, or maybe they got a little bit better, but I think they kind of maintained. But at the same time, the biggest question mark for them is the Bears had enough around them to where they could win even when Trubisky had a bad game. I mean, we saw that with the Vikings – um, you know, on what was a Sunday night football. We also saw that with the, you know, when they played the Rams, obviously, uh, Jared Goff had a pretty bad game as well, but the bears have been able to win in spite of, of Trubisky when he's been bad. And they have also been able to blow teams out when he's been good. Um, with the Vikings, they haven't shown that yet. So I, I guess that's a big question for me is, do they have enough around them and can Kirk Cousins play well enough? And can their offensive line hold up well enough for them to be a factor? Because until I see it, I'm kind of having a hard time believing it. And that's the thing. You know, we, we talked all season long, and, and we're going to talk more about it during training camp preseason. If Mitchell Trubisky is good, and he's really good, the Bears are a legit Super Bowl contender. Might even be the favorite in the NFC, North, or NFC depending on how things play out this season. Obviously, a lot can happen between now and, and um, you know, week one. But you're right. If, if, if you know, if, if Cousins could put it together, the Vikings are that much better and they have a legit shot. And to look at the Bears, if, if Trubisky could put it all together and develops into a quarterback, let's say even a top 12, top 10 quarterback, fringe top 10 quarterback, I mean, the Bears could be a very scary team if, you know, how if the defense played like they did last year, or even, you know, right there how they played last year. So that's going to be something we're going to monitor all, all uh, training camp long and into the preseason. We have plenty more preseason coverage uh, or probably more training camp coverage and preseason coverage coming soon. We'll preview the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers on future podcasts in the coming weeks. 
and then we'll give our Bears offense and defense training camp um, preview before we get going in just under two weeks. So uh, I'm ready, Aaron. I hope you are for uh, some more good Bears content on this podcast. Um, thanks again for joining me, man. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. And then you can read his work on the Bear Report. Uh, you can follow me at Zach underscore Pearson, Z-A-C-K. Uh, you can read my work on the Bear Report. We'll have plenty of coverage throughout the pre- or throughout the training camp. I keep saying preseason. I'm ready for the preseason to be here. We can just skip forward, but we'll have uh, plenty of coverage throughout training camp, preseason, and, of course, the regular season. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with another episode next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.